Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yaz. In studio with me is a artistic multi-hyphenate. Within the last year, this creative has directed her first film, made her debut into music with her first single, starred in Netflix's chart-topping series Just Served, and is now set to lead Showmax's foray into epic sci-fi with Blood Psalms. She is royalty to me and she is royalty in the series. Oh. I am talking about Bokang. How are you doing? Oh my God, firstly, after that intro, how can I be doing anything other than amazing? <laughs> I just feel like this is the most amazing place to be. Thank you. What an intro. Thank you so much. This has been a very interesting and very busy like last six months for you. Yeah. Where is your current headspace? My current headspace just feels like when it rains at Powell's. I just feel excited and happy and um, yeah, there's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot to, there yeah. is a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. You know, you're working with both the big streamers. You can just be like, you know, I got, I got this person on call. I got that person on call. I got everybody. The bandwagon is getting full. <laughs> Jokes. It's not everyone. And you there's can even jump on. more coming. There's even more on the way she's got feature films that she doesn't want to tell Ayy. you about. Like, you know, we've got the inside scoop right yeah. here. But what has brought us here today is Blood Sons, which is Showmax's historical sci-fi epic, which has been my most anticipated series for like the longest time since I first heard about it in like 2020. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious, when did the journey with Blood Sons begin for you? Because I've known about it for two years, mm -hmm. which means you might have you known mm -hmm. about it for even longer than that. The journey for me for, with Blood Summer started so early on, in 2018. In 2018? So this is yeah. a four-year journey. And that time, I was still like a producer's assistant, so it even had a different sort of like name there and then defeated from that and became the thing that we know today as Blood Summer, but I was still working in production. And then uh, in 2018, I, in 2019, mm. I got cast. It was a lovely experience because I got roped in quite early with the storytelling. Well, I was kind of already part of that in terms of production. But then once, you know, I was officially cast, it was like, come in to the story development. I got roped into, you know, just the process of building the rest of the worlds and the rest of the characters in there. So oh, it was so really you were, good. You were like a very integral part of like even the story development. Yes. So you got yes. to actually like play around, not just with your character, but also like the world. That's yes. So, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And for my first major lead, I felt so blessed because I feel like Yellowbone gave me all of the support that was necessary at the time. When Blossoms began, we'd had to face COVID limitations in terms of what we could shoot. Princess Azzy was really like a model to be very action oriented. So they supplied everything, you know, necessary for that support, the training facility, even the necessary, like the budget for the necessary dad and all that stuff. And still being heavily developed in like, heavily involved in like the development of the story and all that stuff. So I just felt like this is it. This is how, you know, you would imagine it, it would be. This is how when you're in Etting Academy, they're like, when you finally do <laughs> a film or a feature, it's going to be like this. This is the process that they're going to take you through. So it was, it was really great. For the people who haven't watched or looking forward to understanding about Blood Psalms, what is like the basic premise? The basic premise is a, a young princess discovers that her life is intertwined with a prophecy that is basically going to bring her nation to doom. And she finds out who she is and the world tells her who she is and how much of a danger to everybody that she is. And her journey is really figuring out who she is, how to save herself and how to save her people. Good 
the first two episodes I've been, mm-hmm. I've been so lucky thank you show max you know hey hey but i've watched the first two episodes of blood blood songs and it is by far the geekiest mm-hmm. south african show i've seen and it's not even close yeah from the costuming to the cgi dragons and panthers like this show is set like at least a thousand years before christ what has been some of your favorite moments working in such a world in terms of from an acting perspective being on set mm. like was there anything since this is we don't really get curated roles like mm-hmm. this so what was it stepping into that type of space mm. now not just in development but now mm. living in the actual for me i want i will say the first thing that really took me by very pleasant surprise was the scale of the production really in terms of just product design chantelle and her amazing team built a whole freaking egyptian citadel in visiting very guys like it's absolutely it was absolutely epic and beautiful and then also the detailing that went into costume you know and then also for me as you know a young actor it was really a crazy surreal beautiful experience to get to work with some of the artists that have inspired my journey i'm i'm intrigued because you have a history of art direction is the art directing mm. in you geeking last year on set <gasps> all the time all the time like especially after i get into wardrobe you know because i feel like part of princess jazz's journey is one of like alienation where everybody is supposed to be there for you supposed to protect you supposed to guide you yeah. but essentially you're all alone in this world so i'd li- i like to after i get into wardrobe just walk on set go into the citadel people are minding their own businesses in between takes but i would internalize that feeling of like self isolation alone <laughs> in my beautiful princess dress oh. so being able to be in that space you know when i was doing my solitary walks walks around just seeing the statues that they built of the egyptian gods just seeing everything just kicking over you know how once upon a time this was a conversation in a room and it seemed crazy huge to do and now we're here so the art director in me was just geeking out super inspired i mean i absolutely adore the artist that is Chantel when i actually did my film friends own when i directed my film yeah as you know the budget there was not great at all moving right along anyway <laughs> <laughs> moving right along <laughs> and i was doing a, a wedding scene you can already understand with a crazy with no budget wedding scene that's you know whatever but Chantel came and she completely like offered her time offered her expertise literally literally with her hands dressed my set i was just like i can't believe it made the wedding seem so much more beautiful so much more spectacular shameless plug go watch friend zones on um zanzi magic i directed it starring mafoso m and name apps and just for the people who may not know since i went kind of into art direction without like giving context art direction is essentially there is a person in film whose job it is to pick out all of the different props and how it is a set is dressed in different productions it can be you can have a production designer set designer and um a props master but like it all falls under mm. the umbrella of art direction so we're now talking about like this world cuz 
for me, Blood Psalms, the thing which actually stuck out most to me the first time I watched Blood Psalms was this is a world that I can get lost in. Mm. And this is a world which, you know, you can build fandoms in terms of just, you can go to like a, you know, because I would want to go onto a Blood Psalms set Mm. and just like, or if this was Comic-Con. I was just thinking that I would (laughs) love to go to Blood Psalms Comic-Con. Just it's just that it would be weird for me to dress as Princess Zazie then there's no fun to that. No, you can then choose a different character. Yeah, you know. Just, it's that type of value. I will say, though, for those who haven't, at least if I'm speaking personally as myself, it is quite a bit of a dense viewing the first time around. Uh, or at least it was for me. So uh, I think it, it, it might be good to watch it like twice over because... I'll even use like Game of Thrones, for example. The first time I watched Game of Thrones, it took me the first time around up until like the there was that like big push yeah. at the end of the first episode. I was lost at sea and then I was like, oh, wait, what's going on? And then <laughs> I went and I watched it and then things were starting to make sense. So like there's a lot of information to yeah. take in all at once. Yeah. So do kind of, if you are a sci-fi person and you like the that genre type of if stuff. If you are into uh, fantasy and mythology, that's really like where it is really and i also feel like you know it's a very like specific geek experience it's like if you're into mythology and into fantasy and you want to see mythological creatures you will love it you will even love and with black people at the center yes in your own language but one thing for sure that i can say about blast sounds it's it's something absolutely brand new in terms of anything that's been produced in this country it's not the average drama that you're gonna find on you know prime time it's something so artistic and very sort of like genre specific but it's made with the idea to first of all entertain all of those other like ideological stuff reimagine ourselves yes yes they're there they're there but it's been specifically made to entertain because talk about the action the action is there talk about the romance the romance is there Talk about all the, the beautiful creatures that only they, the, the, the mind to film can imagine. It's all there, you know. Yeah, they, 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 they did put some, some great work into that. Yeah. And also, if you wanted to see more Shakespearean slash mythological talk, it gives you a lot of that. Sometimes, <laughs> for, me, uh, for me, parts of it were, I think, again, on first viewing, a lot to kind of take in. Yeah. But it, it really transports you to mm-hmm. you're no longer you're not in south africa modern day it's actually very prehistoric Kizing is cut. 
So essentially, you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Your character has the weight of the world on your shoulders. Yes, that's why but I you, work out for. <laughs> but you also are the weight of the world because you're yeah. the prophesized doing it. Yes, 100%, right? What was the approach to character development and also just building this character who has so much mythology based around them? Mm. So basically, I never really looked at it like she is the prophecy and she is the, sa the saving prophecy and she's also the, the doom. How I looked at it is, you know, here's this princess who supposedly has all this power and all these resources and it's this glorious thing, right? But nobody will let her be herself. And then by the time she kind of understands, she kind of gets an opportunity to figure out who she is, for people to tell her who you are, who your mother is, she finds out, oh, hell, I'm this thing that's supposed to damn everyone, you know? So for me, it wasn't necessarily grappling with the fact that I am the evil and I'm good. Like it's, I'm trying to find myself and nobody will allow me. And when I finally do, it's like, okay, wow, everybody defines me as this. What am I going to do with that definition of myself? Am I going to embrace it? Am I going to grow it? Am I going to forge myself, my own identity? So I just found it a very interesting journey because I feel like with Princess Zazi, there was a lot of passiveness until she's just like, no, this is my life and I'm going to do what oh, I want. I love the voice you chose for her. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm, I'm tapping into the coming of age, you know, the whole part of this is very much a coming of age story. In she's terms a teenage of, princess. Yes, she mm. is a teenage princess and she has all of these things she's been told to do. But also always within coming of age stories, as you already said, there mm. is that moment where you're like, where you have to choose mm. to actualize what has been told of you or to figure out things for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's where the no, this is my. But yes, I was, I was, I was, I was embodying the inner teenager in me. <laughs> that that person died a long time ago, but I was trying to, you know. I keep my inner inner teenager alive. <laughs> She's a rock star that lives inside of me. And 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 she comes <laughs> out in different places. Yeah. So now, within the first few episodes, we are essentially at this point in time, we have the Akachi and the Cleanies. Yes. Is a lot of it based upon African mythology? Should we be looking to kind of if we're interested in those types of things, will we, will we be getting history that we can then look up ourselves, kind of like in how Game of Thrones very much does that, as well as the Underground Railroad? Is this like rather treated as pure fiction, or is there things, are there Easter eggs that we can be like? Look, it's from? inspired by real African history, and also very importantly, real African prehistory. Because, you know, there's this whole idea, the debate that like, the history of Africans that we know was written from the colonialist perspective, the Vitus perspective, so it doesn't necessarily really represent our truth. Yes. Even in terms of how far back it goes, how, you know, the, the history of Egypt and its origins and the people who were there, it's really not as accurate as you would think as we know it now. It's really more so kind of like whitewashed or you know what I mean. Yes. So, Blossoms is a fantasy story, but it takes inspiration from real African mythology, real African gods like uh, uh, Heka, um, you know, the huge crocodile, I just forget the name, the huge Anubis, the, the huge crocodile, yeah. you know, god. These are real figures that are known in um, Egyptian history. What the creators of the show did is they 
stripped the parts of them that aren't accurate and gave them to sort of creative license so that Africans could play as they were in their own worlds. Things like the Kini, um, the Kini is actually, if you think about almost every African culture, or at least the Southern African, there is a version of werewolf or like dog of the night that's also sort of like mythological. So that really comes from multiple cultures. Yeah. Even the use of um, the, the lizard god of like the Egyptians. We have sort of like in Sutu, we have sort of like a lizard god. It's not a god, it's a monster, but... You know how in African mythologies, the monsters are actually teachers, you know? Very much so, yeah. So the Khodumurumo is just like this huge monster which comes to this village and kind of swallows everyone except the one guy who was a pariah, so they kicked him away. And then he later on, because he was the only one not eaten by this lizard god, could rescue everybody from him from the lizard. And the whole point of it is just like, do not look down on others because they're going to rescue you once the lizard eats you one day, basically. Yeah. But <laughs> without making <laughs> light fables, of it. Yeah. yeah, without making light of it, you know, they've taken figures and mythical creatures and sort of like these symbols of lessons and you know historical figures and sort of like taking creative license so actually what are you most excited about to see yourself and then what are you most intrigued about to see what the reception will be about myself i'm just really curious i mean bless i shot bless in 2020 i mean i'm i'm a different person <laughs> yeah turn <laughs> my world around <laughs> you turned your whole world around like <laughs> hello <laughs> but yeah this is the episode I've ever <laughs> like i'm pretty sure you guys have not heard the side of me it's it's, Good. it's because we have like you know I've I've worked with Bokan for for quite quite He's a. He's been coy, and I'm actually quite saddened. <laughs> yes, and I have been good friends for a long time. Yes, no, I I said that you were royalty to me. Oh like my I gosh, did. Royalty, royalty. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm I'm gonna get sidetracked. But yes, yeah, you, you, you were saying you've turned your whole world around. Yeah, I mean, uh, like yeah, like I was saying, Blast Times was shot two years ago, so I'm obviously not the actor that I was then. So there's this part of me that watches from the outside, like. Us, that's what you did so kind of like you know excited to see what was you know to see my performance to see my work to see yeah just all the work come together that I put in hard work that I put in and then also because you know I just feel like as an actor or even as a writer director you know you'll read the story and we know what we all know what we all agreed on and we all know what it's going to be and then you go into edit and it is what it is, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, in edit, <laughs> and that's what edit does. So what happens is really, honestly, when you finally get to see the picture, it's almost like a different story from the one that you read, and it's it's its own thing because filmmaking is a collaborative sport like that. Like once the idea gets into many people's hands, it almost expands and becomes this thing that is bigger than only one what one of our imaginations could think. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the story actually is now that I've stepped out of being the artist within the story and now I'm just like an audience member. And then in terms of what I think the audience members, I want them to take away from, honestly, I want the audience mem- the audience of South Africa to be in Africa to be aware that like at this point in time, this film industry is world class. The South African film industry is really, really, really world class. And without the limitations, because I know for a long time, you know, um, production companies have only have been making stuff for TV. And my personal belief is that stuff for TV is not meant for like necessarily your entertainment. It's meant to sell ads. It's the thing that you're watching in between ads. So it has a different formula, et cetera, et cetera. But with creating something in a platform that doesn't have the, you know, monetary pressure for ads and all that stuff, people get to really create art 
from a sp space of inspiration and from, from what they think that the audience would like to see outside of the limitations. So I'm excited for them to receive it, you know, to receive this kind of genre and also from their favorite actors and yeah, let's just see how it rocks. But I know people are going to love it. Oh no, because even from an acting, everyone's <coughs> in, like there are so many actors who... <laughs> like, geez, like if you're not in it, <laughs> reevaluate yourself. <laughs> there are so many actors in this from your stumo, your, your stumos to... Um, Lemu Tipa, is in it. Yes, Klubi Mboya, oh, who actually... I'm I absolutely love her. You know, she plays my mom in the... Yes, story. I'm going to put it on record. I've only watched the first two episodes, but the first episode, the scene stealer for me was her the scenes that she has with her sister mm. are some of my favorite isn't Zikona just an incredible Z actress also listen she uh, ah <laughs> <laughs> Zikona for me really is she she has it like i don't want to call it a Meryl streep approach because it kind of like Ooh, she does though she has she disappears into she she not only disappears but she d disappears and then like comes back into these roles in such a way that feels so natural but like i feel like she disappears into the role but then there's always like an element of, of zikana yeah, like zikana's personal <laughs> truth and touches in there you know and you can feel like yeah like she's disappeared but then you get that touch of her and you're like oh, she's the incredible. way she does it even specifically in this role because she has a very muted role but the emotion mm. she brings mm. out of that mutedness. And so, honey, you've only seen the first two episodes. There is nothing mute about that character. We are in Melapia Kinsulu, Ninjongo, Yenzila Yetu. I'm The performance is a lot to get into performances. The score is very um, unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's how it was meant to be. Like, this is a Jamil Kubiaka production, come on. Like, it's a film. What is production? Yeah. It's a film, yeah. So, I mean, that man does nothing for the purpose of settling. Like, art does what it's supposed to do. Make you uncomfortable. Yes. Make you look if you haven't yourself. watched Jamil films, they are, they essentially, they, they, they unpack a lot of toxicity and, like, a lot of dark psychological crevices of the mind. I think especially male toxicity is explored a lot in his, uh, in his characters. Yeah, because mm. for me, I think prior to Blood Psalms, each of his films have this quality of he has chosen a 
quote-unquote dignified man or a man who has a dignified job was looked on in a dignified way. So yeah. a poker or a teacher, yeah. a boxer in a boxing town. Mm. They're this dignified person in a town that is on the outskirts mm. and exploring mal toxicity of that dignified person within that society that is on the outskirts. So yeah. Because them being on the outskirts, different cultures also... Almost like out. male toxicity where there is privilege, in a sense. Because I feel like... Well, the male has privilege, but in an area where there is not as much privilege. Yes, but don't you think that the privilege then is that there isn't... It's almost like it's a smoke. Nobody's looking there. So that's yeah, so the yes. privilege of being there, you know. Yes, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, mm. the, the, the privilege, since no one is looking there, a lot of other things can now happen. Yeah. Yeah, so so what I've been, what I'm what I'm also finding very interesting, what I'm intrigued to see, because within the first two episodes, we don't really get much in terms of, like, character development yeah. because it's, it's setting stakes. Mm. So since this is now a women or you're at the center of this you still have your father who very much actually fits that kind of okay not this that he's not the general the archetype that you would find in a, in, in a Jamil, Jamil, film yeah but then now you also have you so I'm, I'm very intrigued to see then how that happens in terms of your character development because it's now a new shade to his like storytelling in terms mm. of what he's placed at the center but now you had talking about how you've turned your world around and it's not just been in film, mm. it has been in music, you know. You, you, Sky? You, Sky? Yes. <laughs> so what we're going to do for you right now is we're going to play just a little bit of her song. Hey. And then she's going to tell me about this Sky Twawawa. Sky Twawawa. Sky Twawawa. Baby
Okay, so you're now in music. I am indeed. How does that feel? Uh, it feels great because I feel like now I can actually show up at places and have a tech rider. Actors don't get no tech riders. <laughs> <laughs> can say some crazy things like I want um, um, chilled unicorn tears in chilled. a 15 milliliter vial, you know, 13 degrees. I can arrive late to places. That's like I will, the privilege I will, I will that I have now. I will let you guys know that in listening, <laughs> she ordered me to have a Bloody Mary ready for this interview. I mean, I think it makes sense. Blood sums, Bloody Mary, <laughs> bloody good. Like, come on. <laughs> so essentially, you're saying you've come to music to be a diva. I have. Like, I feel like, you know, like I can't be a rock star as an actor, obviously, guys. People won't work with me if I'm a rock star, whatever. <laughs> Oh, get hired. Come on, you know, we got time for that. But, like, you know, I can be a rock star here as a musician, blah. I'm joking. Jokes, 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 jokes aside. Like, I've really just enjoyed delving into a part of my art that allows me to express my humanity and my art for the sake of expressing my humanity and my art, you know, because, you know, like, as an actor first, there's so much pressure that I put on myself, pressure to be the best. In acting, they can only be one. But with music, I'm so grateful that it's just a place where I feel like I can just take off the pressure of the world and just like not overthink it, get to the studio, hear the beat if I haven't heard it before, and just allow myself to flow and express. And what a, what a privilege it, it feels like. When, when I heard this song, I was a bit surprised because yeah. of the record. Okay, on the record, on actually, the record. No, on the record, she's played me other things. Yeah. And the other things are in a very, are in a soul, more, yeah, Afro poppy, yeah. Afro soulish direction. So when this came out, I was like, no. oh no, I'm still going to drop <laughs> my Afro soul that's gonna touch your soul but the opportunity came really to make a piano track with Sizzlemanism she's like really one of the greatest chicks in the industry honestly like her soul her work ethic learning a lot from her but like, the opportunity came to make a dance song and we started making the dance song like right now in like August and we just felt like you know springtime is coming wait you started making it when in August so this song was made last month yeah Okay. With audio addicts. Look, we move. <laughs> Look, we move. We're not going to make a song for like, I've recorded a song three years ago. It's still in your studio. You're still mastering and mixing. We move. What on earth is that? I don't have time for that no more. <laughs> there are shots being fired right now. You know who you are. <laughs> three years ago. And that song is a banger. <laughs> Such shots. <laughs> But yeah, I just felt like, why not? And also, I've really been in a season of my life where I'm sort of like relinquishing the resistance that comes with fear. You know, like, oh, I'm afraid to like go create a song. What if, what if, what if I'm not cool enough to make a dance song? What if I'm not vocally fit enough to make a ballad? What if nobody cares? So because I'm at the stage of my life also where I'm like relinquishing the fear and just saying yes, if the universe brings me something and it feels good to do it, I was just like, yeah, let's go ahead. But November, December, I'm dropping an Afrosoul ballad because I feel like now that people have seen that, you know, I can also tell you Sky Swarara. You know, I feel like people are are kind of ready to receive another more soulful, more quietly speaking to the heart and to the soul version of my music. So December, I'm dropping Lena. Is your voice warm enough to give us a young, like, previewed, <coughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm giving you for free. You see, 
the other the other singers who come on here they they give us performances. I'm just, wow! I'm just <laughs> and I had to beg <laughs> for my song to be on. <laughs> <laughs> We are just exposing ourselves here today. <laughs> it's that wild day. It's that kind of a day today. But so now with all of this happening and you, it, you're, you're in this expansion place, where are you kind of seeing everything going now? I just want to continue to just create any medium of art that my soul and my experience and my opportunities take me to. I'm definitely going to direct more. As you know, we have stuff we got to complete and finish, me and you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, definitely going to be directing more film. I'm definitely still going to be acting, chasing my dreams, you know. And uh, I'm going to make more music. Now with music, I just feel like I'm very okay to do whatever genre of music that I want to do. Because, like, I just got here. I'm still discovering who I am on a musical level. I just got here. You know, I just got city. here. Like, literally, <laughs> you know, the seat is still cold. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, so, I just want to explore what that avenue has for me. And just allow opportunity. Like, but, you know, not to get too existential or anything like that. But... Where I am, really, it's just, I just feel like I just want to continue to put more into myself and continue to open up to, you know, the goodness that comes from the universe as a result of me putting in the best into myself. And with this, from your vantage point, where is the scale of the South African and African story currently sitting? I'm so excited and so happy about where I see the general direction that the industry is taking because I feel like finally I think mainly because of the streaming influx you know you know everybody's here it's the Disney's Amazon's everybody's here now not just Netflix and Showmax I feel like finally because we are now we now have access to create for streaming that we now have the freedom to create anything we want to create and the brilliant thing is this industry has been ready for that moment for so long so all that's happening is people are finally going to see, the world is finally going to see what we can do, you know. I'm excited that we're moving into other genres other than drama and melodrama. and Family drama. Yeah. I'm also loving how with the streamers coming in, it's also kind of broadened. I don't want to say open up the industry because I really do believe the industry is like open. It's just a matter of perseverance. Perseverance is just hard and painful. But now I feel like there's more space for new talent because I feel like my belief, remember what I told you about my belief is that like television is mainly meant to sell advertising and advertising is sold by the one that's been on, for example, I don't know, you're, you're speaking, forever. You're speaking to demographics. <clears throat> yeah, and also like... Um, you're targeting demographics. Pretty much like if you want to go sell advertising space, you will want the Selumakeka Nude because that's like she's put so many years of audience and... Yes. Yeah. But now, I think with the streamers, since, you know, the aim is not really bums and seats for, ad, for, for ads, I feel like there's more, they, they're taking more, like, risks. Uh, risks on new talent, you know, like, quirky talent, unique talent. So, I'm very excited also about the new kind of, like, actors that I see coming up, actors who have always just kind of loved. And Give us an example of some of these young talents. Like, for example, um, what's that name that loves, that, that film that loves each other was on the Netflix one with the monsters? My oh, God. Um, Office Invasion. My God, that looks so incredible. And Love Sachaba is so freaking talented. He's an amazing actor. He's brilliant artist, brilliant musician, brilliant actor. 
and just you know, artist, yeah. yeah, be seeing him in ads, and obviously some of the stuff that he's been doing in TV. But for for me to see him in something like this, that's sort of like this genre specific, and it's actually the kind of stuff that he needs to be. Even Ria, you know, he's in the film as well. Yeah, you're Ria. Yeah, di director. Ranaka. Yeah, yeah the, he's the, also director. Yes. I mean, fantastic actor, very quirky actor. Um, very comedic actor. Very comedic actor. It's almost like he was. It's almost like you know he was born from like SNL or something. You know, one of those actors. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, all fun must die at some point, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm just excited about where everything is going, man. And now if people want to know more about you as Wakran, if mm. they want to support you or get in touch with you, plug us for show with the places that we need to be. You can find me on social media. On I'm primarily on, you can find me on Instagram at B4Bokang, the number four. Don't you put F-O-R there. Before Bokang, and then I don't have Twitter, and then on Facebook you can just find me as Bokang Pelani. Because you know that she's the Queen Bee and the Bee. <laughs> just in case she didn't get it, you know. <laughs> it's also B for bold, brutal, blonde, because I have all the fun. All right, and that has been this episode of All That Yes. This has been so a fun. very fun. It's actually been one of our most fun conversations. We've had very like deep and like specifically academic conversation so mm. it's nice to kind of like cut a rug be silly we have actually had some yeah. deep conversations in there as well but i'm very happy that i finally got to have you on the finally. podcast guys i'm finally cool enough <laughs> oh wow this is the it's, it's, it's been a reason of, of being cool enough this is what we're doing during the people but yes so <laughs> It's been nice to have one of my best friends on this podcast and just like really talk. I'm so excited yeah. for Sums and just for what Sums can do for you because I've been waiting to Thank see you. Thank you, friend. Yo, this, and Kunini, it's been like, when, when, when? <laughs> it's finally here! So this has been a moment for me as, as much as her. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's probably been... Uh, quite a, a journey to experience <laughs> with all the tangents but this has been all that yes fellow good people do watch uh, blood songs let me know how you feel about it whether you love it hate it there's lots of conversations to have about this and thank you for your time thank you thank you for having me love you <laughs>